Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life Career. I'm oh wait, I fell up. <laughs> wow, that's anyway. memory for you. <laughs> Off to a fun start today. Should we just keep going or start over? Yeah, just keep going. What the heck? <laughs> okay, it's welcome just to us. Creative Writing Life Podcast. <laughs> that's how we do it. Uh, sometimes you just gotta have fun, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Fun. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman, as you probably surmised by now. It's just myself and Justin today. <laughs> so yeah. It's a very loose approach uh, to the to the show. No guests, so that's okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as always, we do our little what have we been listening to or watching, reading, all that stuff. Um, so I have been listening to Cytonic, the Skyward Book Three by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, listening to the audiobook, of course, uh, but it's been hectic. Uh, in my life lately so I haven't been watching as much as I think I normally would even even with my normal style of like wanting to watch something while I'm working um nope not so much I think I've I was kind of sick over the last week so it's been like bleh, you know sometimes you just don't feel like it so yep slow week how about yourself uh let's see not really well listening I'm still just doing my usual assortment of podcasts so that's always fun uh but in terms of watching stuff uh you know the usual tv shows that I catch up on and uh I forget what caused this to pop up on my Netflix account but maybe because I like uh, you know uh older movies and World War II movies so there's a movie that I guess is being released through Netflix. It's called Operation Mintmeat, which I think is a terrible title. Mm. Uh, and it's a, a World War II story set in London. And pretty much that the British want to fool the Germans into thinking that they're going to be in one place when they're really going to be in another. So they go through this elaborate plan of uh, creating a deception. And yep, the first half was really good. And the second half is like all of the aftermath, uh, hoping that the plan plays out. And it was actually really good. Uh, Colin Firth is the main character in it and there's another actor who i I couldn't tell you his name right now because i don't have the information but he was really good i don't think i'd ever seen or heard of him before so he wasn't really familiar but uh familiar let me try that again familiar to me but i think he's probably one of the some of the other actors like i know one one woman i've recognized her from being on doctor who a couple of times so i'm guessing he's probably one of those uh member of the British acting uh, <laughs> profession who is all over the BBC and all over, all over those productions and that sort of thing. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And uh, so I think it's just, uh, it's around two hours long. So I had to break it up into two parts, but yeah, still enjoyed it. Hey, and of course, Obi-Wan just dropped on Disney a day or two ago. So we got to get on that. Uh, and it now did. I'm making this podcast. So if we don't release it for like two months, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. okay. People, people will be like, hey, wait, they're only talking about it now, but that show has been over for, you know, <laughs> two months. <laughs> yeah. Well, but... what's, what's been fascinating. Well, I noticed that because with Disney plus, like they usually will release a new uh, micro series, like a cup, maybe a month or a month and a half after another one ends because uh, what's the one that just, oh, because uh, Moon Knight just ended a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, that ended early May. So, you know, Obi-Wan's late May. And they have a uh, Ms. Marvel from the MCU that's coming out in like two weeks, which I just astonished me that they're going to do it that close. Oh, and yeah. so I just, I wonder like, are they just ramping things up? But they also just had uh, yesterday, I think uh, in Anaheim, it was like, it wasn't Star Wars day, but it was pretty much like Lucasfilm and all that sort of thing. And they were talking about some of the shows that mm. are going to be coming out. Most of them on Disney plus, I think over the next year and a half. There's like an Andor, which is like a prequel to Rogue One. Uh, 
-hmm. so they had a thing for that oh they had oh, there was another oh, yeah, Marvel. So yeah they had another marvel thing too but i can't remember what that one is they also had uh it was just a picture but it's for indiana jones 5 it's a really cool silhouette shot of uh you know, harrison ford in, in his costume in like an underground mine or something and yeah. i'm very psyched about that that's i think late june of next year is when that's supposed to be released yeah, lots of good stuff coming our way. Uh huh. Hopefully, hopefully good. <laughs> oh, actually, I do have to ask you. So, are you gonna go see uh, Top Gun Maverick in the theaters? Or are you gonna wait till it's uh, available at home? I really wanted to go try to see it at IMAX. I can't figure mm -hmm. out how though, because now that I'm working, instead of just being an author, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, how do you how do you go see movies when you have three kids and they're young and you're working? It's like it doesn't make sense. Well, so, would you, would you, well, does your wife want to see it or would she let you go like to an, like a 7.30 p.m. show? She would want to see it too. And oh, no, okay. Yeah, the idea of trying to escape to go see a movie by myself. I don't think okay. they would fly. <laughs> I wouldn't go over well. No, I was going to say, if you got babysitters, you got any family in the area? You know, uh, <laughs> Calling a few like favors. Babysitter type, type people. So, okay. yeah, they're, they're, they do go to this new place called Kids Club in Pasadena that they like a lot. Uh -huh. And it does have special events sometimes, like on a Saturday where you can drop them off for like three hours. Wow. And yeah, so we've thought about doing that sometime. And like like every Friday they do a bouncy house. And so it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that could be a way to do it. But of course, then the movie ends up costing us like 150 bucks instead of just 30 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. huh? so, but it could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do want to though. But then a couple of my buddies recently reviewed it and were not very excited about it. So that kind of really my excitement. Yeah. Wow. See, that's really interesting because I've heard so many people say like how fantastic it is and that there yeah. are there are parts of it that you like you think it's one of the best movies you've ever seen. And I it took me I didn't see the original until much, much later. And I just remember being really cheesy and it was, it was so eighties. I just, it was yeah. dripping eighties and I'm in, I am intrigued because I think uh, I have to confirm it, but I think it's playing at like my local neighborhood theater, which is like this oh, little sweet. two screen, oh. and, which is fine with me. I don't mind because I like giving them the, you know, helping support yeah. them business-wise. But if it's there, uh, I don't think I would go this weekend, but I would probably, I wouldn't be surprised if, I, I have, I'm sure my wife or daughter have no interest in seeing it. So it's just going to be a me going by myself thing. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a, Hey, 1 PM on a Thursday. Yeah. I think I can swing that. We got to do, you got to do IMAX, man. <laughs> eh, I don't you know, See, that's the thing. I, I, I don't mind IMAX, but I really like uh, helping the, this little theater out because you know, they can use yeah. all the help they can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to have a great one of those, but uh, yeah. So maybe in a couple of weeks we'll have some, uh, Top Gun to talk about. My wife and I just watched it, and I don't think she'd seen the movie before. Uh -huh. And uh, so she was very the first movie. I mean, and right. she was very much like, "What's all the hype about?" <laughs> and I'm like, I, "Come on, jets and love and the soundtrack." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's structurally it kind of is weird, right? And it's very like the two guys just getting each other's face and smiling awkwardly over and over again, and yeah. it's just uh, it's it's interesting. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah i liked it still i'm still a fan but i could see why you'd be like but this isn't exactly the structure of a movie it doesn't make sense it's not really telling a story you're like yeah you're right it's not in a way anyway <laughs> everybody has their thoughts so what are we talking about today we got uh 15 minutes or so to chat about uh kind of writing for other people is that what we were saying that's what we were discussing because uh, you've got your new project and i've got something that kind of just popped up for me last week and uh already have a, a few developments but yours is your because yours is working for your new uh client right yeah you could call it that i was just the easy way to say it is uh i've been i'm writing a book and it's awesome and it's fun and it's within somebody else's world so that's a little bit 
I mean, I've done within somebody's world, world before, but this is on a much larger scale. It's like, imagine a video game company like Borderlands hired you to write a book in their world, you know, and they already have video games and all this stuff uh, and lore written out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really, you know, go into all those details. But then now imagine that Borderlands hasn't come out yet. And so it's more like that. So you're, <laughs> you're like, okay, some of this is in people's heads. Some of it's written down. Uh, it's all got to work together. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's an adventure for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, there's aspects that you, that are much more fun in my opinion, because there's all of these things that are already built up and you don't have to try to come up with them yourselves. And a lot of times I find that it makes the story a lot better. Like they hmm. already have all the factions and the house names and the different kinds of houses and these thought that they put into the technology and stuff. And so mm-hmm. like maybe I would have written a story and not even thought about some of these aspects that they've already considered. The other side of that, of course, is sometimes they've thought of things that you just can't see how to fit into the story. Right. Uh, and so then you leave it out, but it's still part of that world. So it's kind of weird if you leave it out, if it's, you know, like an, something to do with aliens or what have you. Um, so, yeah. Interesting so, so, so the people who, okay, so it's like, so it's pretty much pretty uh, pre-existing IP. Mm-hmm. So do they present the material to you and they say, okay, here's what we want you to do with it. Do you have any um, freedom to like, uh, diverge from the what they want at all can you take any liberties or do you have to pretty much keep it as is uh yeah so the most of the story what i did is i went into the the main what's already happening and then i said okay what would i want to do with some characters within that and so i'm doing four person point of view or so i think four and and i and two of them are pretty much established and two of them are my own creations Hmm. and even the ones that are established what's already there is more like this happens and then a month later this happens and then a week later this happens so there's a lot of room for there within that for me to dive into as long as those temple moments still show up mm-hmm. uh, you know what i mean so it's kind of weird but also kind of uh free I, I guess some freedom within there for sure huh okay okay <laughs> so so my take on it is so I'm, i've been working with this producer on his uh, micro budget feature we've been we've the, the plot of this uh, film has changed so several times over the past couple of months but uh, during our weekly call last week, he said, you know, actually, I've got a question for you. Uh, how are you writing shorts? And I've, and I've actually kind of been working on it. And I said, actually, not too bad. He said, because uh, I've got this idea. He just wants to do a short, not even as a proof of concept. He, I think he just wants to do a short as a, a project to prove to himself that he can do it and also maybe use it as a potential calling card or maybe enter it in festivals. He's not sure yet. But he said, so he kind of went through the idea of it really kind of like, here are the, here are the story points I want to hit. It's only like five minutes. And he said, here's what, here's what I want to happen. And so I, I was writing it down as he was talking. He said, can you, what do you think you can do with it? And I said, well, let me work on it. So over the weekend, I kind of like went through it. And I was like, okay, this, this, uh, the initial scene that wouldn't work. How about we try this approach? And so I just came up, came up with it and developed it as I went. And some of it, you know, again, did diverge a little bit from what he had originally asked for. But for me, I thought that was necessary to keep the integrity of the story and keep it a nice solid story. So it all flowed together a little better. And so I was occasionally sending him text saying, what do you think about this? He said, yeah, okay, try that. And so I wrote the first draft of it and tweaked it a little bit and then sent it to him. And so we had our call uh, yesterday and he said, okay, I really liked what you had. I've got some questions. And so we addressed some of the things that he had discussed or he had brought up. And I said, I had a 
a valid reason why I had to make the change that I did because I, I said, well, th this isn't what I originally said the beginning was going to be. I said, well, I, th I thought about that, but it doesn't make sense logically for the rest of the story. So yeah, I guess I can see that. So it was a really nice back and forth. And also that it still held true to the story that he wanted to tell. And I also kind of learned this writing, um, I guess you would call them very low budget features, uh, specs in that I always write it with the idea of, okay, if I wanted to make this myself, how could I do this as inexpensively as possible? Because his idea was we had one scene in this guy's house and then another scene took place in a coffee shop and then another scene. I said, okay, well, I have everything taking place in one location and this guy's on the phone with one person for most of it. And then these two people show up at the very end. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, that actually would be a lot cheaper. <laughs> so he was really appreciative of how I was able to still stick with what he wanted, but able to work within the budget. Cause I said, well, how much are you working with? He said, I got pretty much nothing. I said, okay, I can work with that. So I was able yeah. to, so I was able to adapt the script and the story to match his budget. So it, it wasn't going to be ridiculously expensive or require him to get several locations. It's all one location, pretty much the office of a house and three actors and then one actor who's just doing their voice. Okay. And so one question I have is, if you had the choice to be doing this kind of stuff or to just only write your own stuff for the rest of your life, uh, which would you pick? Uh, well, see, that, see, that's a, a tough one. I mean, I think, honestly, I would probably pick the write my own stuff. But if I'm going to write something for somebody else that's going to get made, I still have no problem with it. Because, I mean, there are a lot of writers who are of the, well, if it's not my material, then, you know, I, then I'm hitting the road. And I don't think you can afford to be like that. Because if you're not willing to collaborate on something with somebody i guess for me as long as on the screen it says story by or written by that's fine i mean i don't mind if it's someone else's uh, project or if if someone else is going to come in and rewrite things but as long as i can even get a partial credit i'm fine with like written by paul zeidman and you know justin sloan i'm i'm not going to complain because work is work yeah i agree and also I would say there's something about writing for other people that I enjoy. Uh, I like I love the collaborative aspect of it. Mm. And like I mentioned, the the benefits of it's a broader world sometimes. It depends how much control they let you have. Like if they're kind of jerks about it, right? And they're mm -hmm. like, you know, write it this way or else. And some I'd feel like 50% of the time or more, it's gonna end up being crap because of that. So yeah. <laughs> you want to write a good story. So if you have to write somebody else's story it might not be good. And then that's no fun. Well, I think there's also, like I said, that I try to accommodate what it is they're, they're looking for. But sometimes, I guess my imagination takes a slightly different approach, that it still gives them what they want, but it's a little different but from what they uh, initially asked for, but it still works. And I haven't had anyone say, I don't like this. No, no, I, I don't want that. I've had people say, oh yeah, I could see that. And sometimes that even inspires a new approach that neither of us had thought of. It, yeah, again, I, I do enjoy the collaborative process. I, I also, as you said, I love coming up with stuff on my own. So yeah, I think I think it can go either way, but if, if, yeah, if it's, I think asking someone to make that choice, if it's just your own stuff or, I don't see. I, I, I mean, there are writers who that's their thing is that they're just out to help other people get their stuff done. So maybe they just don't want to do their own stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's definitely in the screenwriting world, I could see how you get to a certain point where you've written enough specs that you're like, forget this. 
I'm over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm officially a writer for hire now. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of feel like maybe I'm there. Like I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'll, I might write another spec at some point, but uh, yeah, it gets kind of old, and especially when you start getting paid to write in some respect. Like yeah. right now, I'm doing some yeah. game writing and novel writing, so it's not screenplay writing, and I love screenplay writing. Screenwriting is probably my favorite medium. Mm -hmm. uh, however, if I'm getting paid money to do this other writing, it's like, well, <laughs> why, why go do this other thing? And I have enough samples at this point. So maybe when I, in like a year or two, I'll be like, I'm such a better writer. I need new samples. And then I guess. <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, I mean, I kind of take that approach uh, also with contests now that I've, I, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, another contest. Oh yeah, sure. I'll send it. Uh, maybe this is my, this is my chance. But I think, uh, having been burned by so many contests and also taking a step back and seeing how much I've spent on contest fees. It's, you know, it's so many of them are a money drain that you're, you're really just throwing money away and, Oh, Hey, you came in, you know, you got a semi-finalist spot. Oh boy. And <laughs> that'll look nice on the wall. Yeah. So, and it's, it's really, you know, I think it's more, I'm just interested in the, the big three, maybe a handful of smaller ones just for the hell of it. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, I keep getting all these uh, emails from various screenwriting contests saying, hey, here's here's you know, our, our deadline's coming up, our extended deadline. And, and I look at it like, but, you know, you're offering like $1,000 and maybe a screenwriting software program and maybe a meeting with a producer. Is it really worth, is, is, is it a fair trade for like a $60 entry fee for that? Right. Which else, and then you have to take in mind that, you know, you're going up against probably... 500 to a thousand other writers and it's it's just not worth it for sure for sure uh cool so anything else you wanted to add on this topic um well so how so for the most this isn't the first time you've done this kind of thing is it the, no i guess not well so i was thinking that before is like the reason i got started as an author the way i was reason the way i was able to go full-time anyway was that i started writing with michael Enderley in his world uh -huh. And he had already established probably he had like 20 books at that point, I think in this one universe. And so I had to read as much as those as I could and then try to figure out the story and then write my own novels within that. So I, I did that way, but you know, he gave me a lot of freedom and he was like, yeah, that, those characters sound cool. And what you pitched to me sounds cool. Roll with it. And then he had an editor to go through and he went through it after that and stuff. So it was, it was a little more freedom in that sense, but again, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it was a great experience where I'm playing off of cool concepts that he's already built up. Uh, and then he was brainstorming with me a little bit along the way as well. I still remember uh, taking my lunch breaks and, and walking outside and hopping on the phone with him and just, you know, brainstorming like, oh, is this going to be a male or female? What kind of makes sense for the audience? Is this going to be a werewolf or a vampire? <laughs> what makes sense for the audience? Uh, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, like we we're at one point, we were thinking, is it going to be a a wear panther or something like that <laughs> so, if you didn't catch on yet this is kind of it's, it's all a about the, it's all about shifter. the lycanthropy yeah 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 it was fun it ended up we ended up, that was that ended up being my series reclaiming honor which is a it's a vampire she's a vampire uh, but she's a, a hero uh and goes and kicks a lot of butt and yeah it's fun so kind of like underworld but not at all okay okay <laughs> so so the question for you is do you how do you feel if you became known as you know justin's that go-to guy if you want someone to help adapt your stuff into another a medium oh i think that'd be great yeah i like that a lot and um you know like the only screenplay successes i've had i think yeah like the two options that i like am proud of uh were both adaptations of somebody else's novel 
Mm. And so like a pilot and a feature. And one of those we're supposed to hear back before August, if it's going forward. And the other one, they keep saying they want to, but then I think they're lying because COVID slowed it down and we just haven't really heard anything other than, yeah, we still want to do it. We're still, we're still trying. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you know, Hollywood, write it off. But uh, <laughs> right. yeah, so I, I think that that'd be a great situation to be in. And I think I've seen some buddies out there who write novels in the video game worlds. Like uh, one guy did, uh, what's that? Saints Row, I think is one that he did. And, and I think that's a cool idea, you know, being able to write a novel within a video game world. Uh, so I'm, I'm embracing that path. Nice. Very nice. How about yourself? What would you like to be known as, Paul? At the end of the day, what will be on your tombstone as a writer? Oh. <laughs> okay, that, that's, that's two totally separate <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, if, no, if it, but if it came to, I guess, um, the screenwriting slash filmmaking industry, uh, I would love to be known as the go-to guy for, hey, we've got a, an action-adventure script that could use some punching up. Who would, be, who would be a good person for this? Oh, that Paul Zeidman guy. He's really good at that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think really that is my forte. I think um, action sequences and maybe the, the occasional aside of uh, jokes, I think that's really where I shine. So, uh, hey, if, that's, if people wanted to come to me and say, we need a, a script doctor help uh, punch up this script, make it a little more action-y, a little more adventure-y, I would, I would love to do that. Sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's, of course, always the uh, what we'd really love to be is uh, much smarter than I currently am and <laughs> a screenwriter and all that other stuff. But uh, <laughs> so I'll keep aiming for that. But there's also that that sub level goal, which is like, that would be awesome, uh, which isn't quite the, the multimillionaire, amazing, super smart person. Well, see, so let's see. That's the thing, because I mean, there, that's, that's part of that whole myth about screenwriting is that because I, I've I've seen this before, like someone says, oh, that movie was crappy. I can write something better than they say. I'm going to write, crank out a draft in two weeks. And it's going to, then the week after that, I'm going to sell it for a million dollars and I'm moving to LA and I'm going to be on the red carpet every week. Yeah, it, it, yeah, no, <laughs> that is not going to happen. And the general public does not know a, a screenwriter for the most part, unless you actually are a big fan of the movie or if you are, <laughs> you actually know the writer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't, you hear those weird stories where occasionally somebody just busts out out of nowhere. Uh, and, and usually you watch one of the things and it's really not that good, but somehow they made it. <laughs> but yeah, definitely the more than just like in the novel world, every once in a while you'll just see these people just pop up and they're suddenly selling like crazy. And you're like, what? It doesn't make sense. And usually, usually they end up fading away after a while, unless they're highly connected, like what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of uh, overnight successes, but they're also the writers who've been slaving away, like me, uh, for a good number of years. And like, you know, hey, if it takes me, what, 15, 20 years to be an overnight success, yeah, now I can, I can take that. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, this has been fun. I, want, I think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned, uh, in a week or two, we're going to talk about at least bring up in the sub in, in the dis discussion that I just finished that veterans program. Uh, we had a guest on before talking about it. And now that must have been a year ago because <laughs> now it's my turn. I just did the pitch night last night and I am too exhausted to talk about it right now, but we're going to get an episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. Yeah. Justin needs a little recuperating time. For sure. <laughs> my brain is mush, man. Oh, I'm man. telling you. It was fun. It was amazing. But I'm just like, oh, beat. I I'm understand. Beat up. I get yeah. it. I get it. That's cool. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to share with our, our, our wonderful guest, uh, listeners? <laughs> They're all guests in our living room here. That's right. Yeah. All of our wonderful <laughs> guests. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think we covered everything we're going to talk about. 
uh as we said uh next time out we'll probably talk about your uh that was through the writers guild right the yeah. program mm-hmm. the writers guild foundation yep writers guild foundation very nice so very worthy organization great people yeah it was, it was, uh, the, the quick version of it is it's awesome they're accepting applications so people can go apply they'll probably still be accepting them when we release this episode and if not there's always next year so mm-hmm. there's yep. always next year cool all right well in and since we're done, then I'll go and say, hey, everybody, uh, don't forget to go check out uh, all of our books on Amazon because Paul is now a published author as well. And <laughs> leave a review for the podcast, please, and let your friends know. Once again, uh, I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Maximum under, underscore Z. And as Justin just mentioned, yes, I am a now published author. My f- uh, book, Go Ahead and Ask, Volume 1, Interviews About Screenwriting and Pie, available in print. And Justin will always be happy to hear this in ebook form Ooh. on Amazon and Smashwords. And uh, hey, thanks for reading. I'd appreciate it. Uh, any sale I can get, if you want a signed copy, just drop me a line. I'm happy to oblige. Uh, as he said, he's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.